1: 18+. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802, or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online
0: today a fun night with friends at a comedy club turns out to be not so funny what changed their screams of laughter to screams of fear well squatting in an abandoned apartment a homeless man believes he found a friend but you won't believe how he was communicating with his friend from the other side could a satanic ritual be the reason for a cemetery haunting and What does the entity have to say about itself? And it's hard to keep your dorm room clean, especially if something keeps making it a mess. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruschi joining you once again. Hello. Hello. And uh, I guess there's a drinking game that's been created around our show.
2: I saw that. (laughs) I think that's great. For
0: Halloween, some folks have come up with this. Uh, someone uh, named Todd uh, sent it uh, to us and posted it up there on the message board. And I love it. I think uh, I'm just going to make this uh, really a horrible Halloween for all participating. in. Oh, the, yeah.
2: Uh, They're going to remember that for a couple days.
0: Because now we know the rules of it. So I'm just going to use every cliche that was listed off in the rules here, like within the first five minutes of the show, 20 times. <laughs> so here's what it says. Uh, This guy says every year I throw a Halloween party and at some point we all end up around my fireplace out back and I usually have some scary music playing this year however I did decide to have some fun with it I've chosen some of my favorite episodes and will not listen to the last two episodes this week I'll play those episodes while we're out with these stipulations so this is we're going to be the entertainment for this guy's halloween party that is so nice yeah and we're gonna have we're, we have a really good halloween episode playing for you and i'll talk about that in just a few minutes but here's the rules of his uh halloween drinking game with real ghost stories online take a sip of your drink if tony says something is dark okay that happens quite frequently <laughs> jenny is uh abruptly annoyed or disturbed by tony There's a haunted ship reference. Jenny tells someone to look up Empath. Okay. Or a caller says, all of a sudden. (laughs) Take two sips if Tony can't remember a reference or reference an episode. That happens pretty much all the time. Or Jenny is refusing to hypothetically go somewhere, (laughs) which I do ask you to go to a lot of places. You do, yeah. Uh, Take a shot if (laughs) you share the name with a caller or an email or anyone in their story. Or take a shot if you hear an EVP in the background. Take a shot and choose someone else to haunt or take a shot with you uh, if you share the name with a ghost in the story. So there you go. There's there's the Real Ghost Stories Online unofficial drinking game for this Halloween. So I'm just going to go on a rant at the beginning of the show about how things are dark How uh, I'll just do enough to annoy you as well. (laughs) Um, We'll talk about some ships and how dark they are. Um, You can mention something about empaths about 20 times and we'll have them pretty well loaded up before we even get to one real legitimate story.
2: Those other episodes are going to sound really good.
0: Prepare to projectile vomit Butterfinger everywhere. (laughs) because that's what's going to happen. That's what I used to do on Halloween. That was usually one of the, uh, that's how you knew the night was a success and it was done. Projectile vomiting the candy.
2: Oh, really? Because
0: my parents, this is when I was a kid, it had nothing to do with liquor. It just simply had to do with, uh, my parents believed that uh, the way I would learn not to overeat candy was to overeat candy. And they let me overeat candy. And I got sick almost every year for several years in a row. So, I don't know. Hopefully after the first year, they, they realized it didn't work and it learn. I just kept doing it.
2: Well, did you get sick in the bathroom or did you have to clean up any mess? Or... No, it's usually I made it to the bathroom. Okay. Then that's not that bad of a thing. Now, if somebody's projectile vomiting all over the carpet. Yeah,
0: then it would be kind of more of a mess. Yeah, But uh, that, that and the, um, the stocking, too, at Christmas, I would do that a bit I would eat a ton of uh you know Hershey's Kisses or whatever was in there
2: see we never got much candy in our stocking ours were little knickknacks or small toys (coughs) or like older I got nail polish and stuff like that but candy was the main thing that you guys got in your stockings
0: yeah little airline bottles of liquor too just to uh that's awesome it was cold up there and you know when you're (laughs) eight no I'm kidding um but um yeah, there you go. I think that's a fun game. Thank you, Todd, for uh, making the suggestion. Uh, and I hope everyone plays along and lets us know uh, how that all works out for you. 855 853 4802 is our phone number. Hey, if you're not an EPP yet, please become one. If you enjoy the show, you listen uh, semi frequently. EPPs are the folks that are supporting the show and keeping the show alive, okay? So in a lot of shows ask for donations and then what you get in return is just the regular show every day. But what we do is we go one step above. Number one, you support the show. It's 5 bucks a month or you can do one full year at 60 bucks. And we give you a bonus episode just to our EPPs every single week. Full-blown extra episode. You can listen to it on the weekend or whenever you're there. You know, you need a fix of the show. Uh, you get that extra episode as an EPP. And it's a thank you to you for keeping our show alive. So, obviously, you get the free show every day. Everybody gets that. But I wanted to give a little something extra to the folks who take the initiative. And I have a desire to uh to keep this show going. So thank you in advance if uh, if you're about to do that. If you already are an EPP, thank you very much. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate your support. And those emails, by the way, they go out once a week, usually on Saturdays, and uh, check your spam filter because I get a lot of emails going. I didn't quite see it. Then I'd like to check your spam. Oh, there it is. So and that goes to the email that you use through PayPal. So whatever you use through that, that's where that email that's where the episode's going. If you need me to move that around or something, I can do it. Just uh, shoot me an email, and we can get it uh, to you however we need. I don't want you to miss out on your EPP episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, J.D. writes into us. Uh, says, I have a lot of uh, traveling. I do a lot of traveling around the world for work, and when I go, I like to find out about local ghost stories. It seems to be a universal subject that interests most people and has no borders. I've seen the real-life Dracula's castle. I've been to Poland, where there's a castle that has a beware of ghost signs out front, which you uh, take a wooden raft down the river to see. And I've even lived in a house that was haunted at one point. But I think in all of my experiences, the most memorable one was in Omaha, Nebraska. A friend's girlfriend had won tickets to a comedy club, and we used to go see a psychic mind reader there. I forget the man's name, but we thought we'd be funny and try to stump this guy. The guy seemed to be so good at guessing what people were thinking that we were sure he was using plants in the audience. A few acts into his show, his assistant came over and uh, handed a large book to one of my friends. Her instructions were to look through the book and pick any one word. Then, later, the man would call on him for one of his acts. About 20 minutes later, he called over and asked my friend to stand up. My friend was nervous because he said he forgot what word he had picked out of the book. I whispered to him, just to make up a word, that uh, there was no way this guy was for real. So we stood up, half drunk and confused. The man said that my friend was to think of the first letter of his word. Then count uh, in the count of three, he would write the letter on the board and spin it around for all to see. The board spun around with the letter P. On it, My friend started laughing and yelled out that wasn't the first letter. I think this really angered the man because he accused my friend of changing his word. He said he wasn't supposed to change his word and only think of one word. This time he would write the whole word out and spin the board around on the count of three. My friend was supposedly to yell out the word at the same time. The man counted to three and my friend yelled out lighthouse. I'll be damned if that board didn't say lighthouse on it. Now we were amazed. None of us knew what to think. So the man finished up his acts, went on to give some history of the club. Apparently, in the Prohibition days of Omaha, there were tunnels connecting all the basements of the buildings in the area to move the booze around. The man that owned the building where we were having an affair was having an affair with a young woman. The woman decided at one point that he would either leave his wife or her or she would go tell his wife about the affair. The man had her meet him at the entrance of the tunnels one fateful night, where he killed her to silence her. Now the comedian went on to tell us that his grandmother was a medium, and in her day she would use a piece of chalk tied between two small chalkboards. The spirit would then write their message on the boards for her clients. His grandmother had then passed on to his knowledge to him. I've looked up this form of communication and always thought it was a sham. The boards have a false board in them that hides a pre-written message. Anyways, the gentleman told everyone that after the other acts, he would hold a seance in the woman's bathroom, which was the now sealed entrance to the tunnels where the young woman was killed all those years ago. We all decided that we'd be there after the show. Almost the entire club wanted to see this as well. So about 40 people crammed into this tiny bathroom. The man closed all the stalls and then backed himself into the far corner near one of the stalls. He told us that instead of chalkboards, he would use a very tiny piece of paper, about two by two, broke off a a piece of pencil lead, folded it inside the paper, and then put the paper inside a very tiny envelope. He passed all of this around so we could all inspect it beforehand. Then he put the paper and lead inside the envelope and sealed it up. He took out the pen, passed it around the room with the envelope, and had everyone sign the envelope and made sure that we all signed over the seal as well. That way we would know if it was tampered with. While this was being passed around, he looked at the lady in the front and told her that she was missing something very near and dear to her and that her grandmother had passed on to her. An earring. He finally said, she said yes. He told her that while the envelope was being passed around, she should go out to her car and look in the passenger side of the front seat and look under the floor mat. She left and came running back crying because that's exactly where it was. About this time, the envelope had been passed around the whole room. The man handed some candles over and had them put on uh, the sink and lit. Keep in mind, we're in a basement. He picked the two largest men out of the room and had them corner him near the back stall door. Each one of them was to put one of their hands on his shoulder and then his hand would be on theirs. The man closest to the stall door was to hold the envelope, pinched under his hand at the top of the stall door, turned out the lights, and then he started asking questions to the spirit. He was just asking basic things. Is there a spirit of a young woman here? What did she want? Things like that. Finally, he started demanding she give us a message to tell us what she wanted. All of a sudden, a gust of wind blew through the bathroom and blew the candles out. Some of the women were screaming. Then one of the big guys screamed out that someone ripped the envelope out of his hand. Someone turned the lights on and everyone started accusing each other of who stole the envelope. While the rest of the people near the front were searching in the stalls, they finally found it behind one of the toilets on the top floor, or on the floor, rather. The comedian picked it up, showed everyone it hadn't been opened, then he opened it, pulled out the paper, opened it up, and it said, get out. Well, it didn't take telling anyone twice. As soon as we saw the paper, we ran out fairly quickly, we went back to the bar and bought a drink for the comedian and the uh, the comedian mind reader and then called it a night. What an amazing experience.
2: So do you think it was really the woman that was killed that didn't want everybody there or something else?
0: Well, it depends. Who's playing the drinking game? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I, a get out answer probably the the if it is the woman who is there uh who if she's stuck there she's probably sick of being screwed with yeah you know probably sick of everyone trying to hold their seances just to prove that she exists or that there's something there you know it's such a it's a sad circumstance she's probably not you know in a very happy state she's stuck in the comedy club although it's a comedy club you could laugh you know but um but um you know Probably doesn't also like being the attraction or the sideshow either. So I could see her, if it was her, saying, "Get out! know, just leave me alone." You yeah. Know? So there, it does make sense there. You know, if, if you want to believe that those sort of things, if you know, the ghosts of the people don't come back and it's, you know, going to be something else trying to confuse them. Sure, then I could see it being dark or demonic or evil. There you go. Three shots. Uh, what else can I? <laughs> Something
2: haunted ghost ship.
0: Something from a haunted ghost ship. Uh, something ghost yeah. ship. yeah. Something like that. <laughs> but the empaths in the audience. You have to right. say that. The empath. Yeah. Right. Um But no, I, I think it's probably her. You think so? That's, that'd be my feeling. Your thoughts?
2: I just wonder because being in a bathroom, I think it's kind of like a revolving door. And so it could be anybody. And especially since the messages get out, you know, I think that could even be somebody that just wants you know, privacy in the bathroom.
0: It had nothing to do with the the ghost story that they were talking about in theory, really.
2: It's still a ghost story. It just might not be that one.
0: Yeah, exactly. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into us here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Uh,
1: Hello. I recently discovered your show. I really enjoy it. I have an experience I like to share. um This was in nineteen ninety nine My sister had purchased this home, and above the home or above the house, there was a what I learned was called a mother in law apartment and she asked me if I wanted to move in, and she offered me cheap rent, so I said, Sure, you know, I mean the price is right so I moved in I liked the place. it was a little a smaller place, but it was you know fine for a young bachelor like me. The one thing though I found when I moved in, was that I really didn't like the bedroom. Um, for some reason, just something about it, I didn't like the feel of the place. It it gave me the creeps. I, there was nothing tangible. I never saw anything, never heard anything. I just didn't like the feel of it. To the point where, I kind of taken to sleeping out on the couch in my living room, instead of in the bedroom, more often than not. Well, a couple years later, after I'd moved in, I was, uh, I had a side job delivering papers, um, delivering Minneapolis Star Tribunes. And uh, um, it was, I delivered them on Saturday and Sunday, early morning, it was was more or less a graveyard shift job, very early Saturday and Sunday mornings. My normal routine was I would come home on Sunday since uh, I didn't work at my regular job on Sunday. I would come home and kind of watch a little TV and then sleep a few hours, get up and enjoy the rest of the day. But on this one day I came home, I was just, I was dog tired, just dead to the world, just went right home, laid right down, started falling asleep. All of a sudden, something kind of woke me up, and I looked around, I was aware of my surroundings, I was aware of where I was, I saw the couch, saw the living room, but I could feel a presence standing over me, this was a malevolent female presence, and I couldn't really see her but I could just it was more like I could sense her. I could sort of see her outline. Um, it was it was this old lady and she started talking in this kind of croaky old crone witch voice. And she started like taunting me. And she and then she what was really weird is she's launching this poem. Uh, this this evil poem with just But perfect rhyme and meter, and I wish, to this day, I wish I would have had the foresight to get right up and write it down, the words of it, because I I can't remember it now, but the one thing I do remember was the last line was something to the effect of, for thou shall be dead before midnight tonight. And my reaction when this was going on was, I wasn't wasn't scared so much, I was actually kind of angry. You know, I... I mean, I was a younger guy, I was 24, 25 at the time. I thought it was tough, I guess, or something. I mean, but, you know, my my reaction was, you know, hey, I don't know who you are, I don't know what you want with me, but you're not gonna come into my house, get all up in my space, start talking that trash, you know. I mean, I'm replicating the way I would've talked back then. You know, you picked the wrong person to mess with. I was gonna get up and confront this being, this old witch, whatever she was. What I thought I was going to do, I don't know. But that was my plan was. Get up, confront her, order her out. But what I didn't know was it was an old hag experience. Of course, I couldn't move. That's when the terror set in. When I was trying to move, I couldn't. I was like, oh, my God, I'm paralyzed. I'm completely paralyzed. I, I didn't know what was happening. Nothing like this had ever happened before. I'd never heard anything like this. So finally laying there just scared. I'm finally able to start to regular toe. And then I kinda of was start, started to slowly be able to move again and that's it's like the spell is broken, suddenly she was gone. Um, I got up, I looked around, walked around my place a little bit, um, didn't see anything, decided, okay, that was weird. But like I said, I was just so tired. They ended up going back to sleep. well, when I woke up a little later um, around noon, I got on the computer and I started doing some, doing some research and I found that uh, you know I read up you know doing through search engines I found out about old Hay syndrome I found out about night terror sleep paralysis and I was like, okay, that's what this is. that's what happened to me I've you know, I've always been interested in the paranormal, but I'm also a rational person. I believe in science. I believe you always have to rule out rational and prosaic sort of uh, sort of explanations before you even start the paranormal. So I decide, okay, well, that's what this was. But my two lingering questions that make it hard for me to completely just write it off as a completely medical thing um completely rational thing is number one it's called old Hag syndrome so why do so many other people picture the same thing that i do imagine the same thing i do uh, a witch and an old witch and also the other thing that i don't get is with the poem like i said that poem was <laughs> perfect perfect rhyme and meter um how I don't know how my mind, I'm just not that clever, how it could just manufacture something like that on the spot. So those, those were my two things that I didn't, that still make me wonder if there actually is something paranormal with sleep paralysis and if these beings maybe, you know, there's a medical explanation for it too, but maybe when you're in that state, when you're in that sleep disturbance, that's where you're vulnerable to attack. That's just my thought on it. Um, moved out a few years later, my sister sold the place. Moved into another place where the feeling was completely different. I was totally comfortable sleeping in the bedroom. Um, it wasn't until I bought the house where I'm living in right now that I started actually having once in a while the sleep paralysis again. Where I start to feel like I'm under attack, but this time, I'm instead of thinking I can just take it on on my own, I, I pray right away and sort of like I'm able to wheel myself out of it and push back against whatever, whatever I feel like is, you know, trying to attack me. That's my story, and uh, like I said, I really enjoy the show, and I hope you uh, continue to do it for a long time. Thank you. Bye.
2: Okay, so that just validates what I say about sleep paralysis. I don't, I've never heard of old hag syndrome accompanied by a poem.
0: Well, usually they break into some sort of song. No, they it's don't. like a Milli Vanilli or some bad '80s. So, depending on what you're getting,
2: his experience just sounds over the top, even for sleep paralysis.
0: Sometimes Hazard from Richard Marx—they go into.
2: So I'll just carry on this conversation <laughs> by myself. <laughs> while you're naming off obscure songs over there. <sighs> you have any comment on the show? Or are you gonna I'm trying to think document? of the lyrics
0: to Hazard. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, That's
2: great.
0: <laughs> Anyhow. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is either. I mean, I, I wish I, I think it'd be good if we had other folks weigh in as to if there's any knowledge answering that question of why is it that old hags, if you will, are the common occurrence with old Hague syndrome. Obviously enough people have seen it, it's got its own name. So why is that? Is there a reason, scientifically, as to why people tend to see that image? Because I have no idea. Very bizarre. And I I would be just as perplexed, too, when you you get that poem, and if it's something you've never heard, I mean, the likelihood of you coming up with it, I mean, uh, your mind can come up with pretty interesting things in its sleep that are pretty somewhat ingenious. That You may go, I can't figure that out, you know, in my you know waking hour but it is very bizarre yeah yeah and i, I felt the same when i had a, that happen to me i didn't ever open my eyes so i never saw what the hell was on me but um it did freak the hell out of me um where i couldn't move and i'm glad i didn't i did not open my eyes because god knows what i would have seen but um yeah i don't know uh, it'd be interesting if, if someone could open that up yeah, maybe on our message board, maybe on a call or something, just to uh, to uh, if you have insight. I don't want to hear like I don't know either. I'm wondering if someone actually has an explanation to that. Yeah, that so. would be good. I know we've asked it in the past, but you know our our audience has grown exponentially uh, over the last couple of months. So there's you know there's thousands of new people who are listening who may have not heard us ask that question in the past. So feel free to uh, to chime in on that. 853 uh, 4802 is a phone number to call into us here at Real Ghost Stories online. We're getting ready for Halloween and uh, we got uh, some we, we've decided what we're gonna do for the Halloween episode. Um, and should we talk about it a little bit?
2: I think we should. What
0: we got in line for you some some pretty cool stuff. Uh, we, we have some uh, some really good stories lined up for Halloween. Um, we're, we're, we are cherry picking. Uh, some of some of the best ones that have been coming in over the last couple of weeks. So, if you sent in a good story the past couple of weeks and you're going, "Why has it not been on the show yet?" Uh, fear not, you may have made the Halloween episode because it's that good. Okay. Yes. If you think it's a really good episode, really good story, uh, we're wa- trying to save it for the Halloween episode. And if you have a really good story that you want to get into us, call it in uh write it in uh and if you think it's it's halloween episode worthy make note um and then uh we'll we'll be the judge of it ultimately but uh but do make note if you got that good story that you've really been wanting to share now is the time to do it because we're trying to put together just an excellent excellent episode to release to you uh and halloween morning is when it will come out then you'll get to choose when you want it and you're, you're gonna get a two-hour episode on halloween okay so, our number one of the show on Halloween, it will be in two separate cuts because that's a large file to download if we do a straight two-hour cut. Uh, but two of them will be released on Halloween. Uh, our number one is a normal show uh, with some of the best stories that we've uh, gotten in over the past uh, couple of weeks, deemed by us. Um, so that'll be good. Then, our number two on Halloween. We're going to have on one of the best storytellers that has written into us uh, so far this year and told one of my favorite stories, the ghost clown story.
2: And uh, one of mine, the pig man. Yeah,
0: the zombie ghost clown pig man. Uh, Oscar is is actually going to join us on the show on Halloween for hour number two to not only tell us uh, those stories again, so if, you've, if you missed us, reading his story he's going to tell him to us in his own words and we can ask him questions about it and dig a bit deeper uh, into that and that in itself fills up a whole hour
2: but beyond that he also has a couple new ones that he yeah. shares.
0: this man has had some very interesting interesting to say the least uh paranormal experiences in his life and it's it's a great second hour and I think you're really going to enjoy it uh, on Halloween. So that's that's what we have coming for you on Halloween. So I hope you're excited about it. Make sure you uh, you download those episodes. And we'll release them at the normal times in the morning. There'll just be two of them for you on uh, on Halloween. That does not replace an EPP episode or anything like that. EPPs are going to get your episodes as well. This is just the uh, you know, special Halloween thing that we're going to do for you. So,
2: it's our time of the year.
0: Yeah, some real ghost stories from real people. It's going to be a, um, a really fun episode. I'm going to uh, go to a call now because I need to cough and uh, take a drink of water. So, hi, you're on the air.
3: Hi, this is Jennifer from San Marcos, Texas. My first time calling. Uh, I've been listening for, I don't know, two or three months now. Uh, my boyfriend has two kids. Uh, one is a boy, age five. One's a girl, uh, so like three and a half. He lives on a farm about 100 acres next to his sister and his uncle. His house is about 200 yards off the highway, and most of the time he leaves his blinds and curtains that face the backyard open because in that direction there's only like 100 acres of pasture and trees. Next door, 50 yards away, is the deceased grandparent's old farmhouse, and it's falling down. Anyways, one night the kids were trying to go to sleep in their bedrooms uh, located at the end of the house. He and I were sitting on the couch in the living room watching TV. We had the sound cut all the way down as not to distract them from focusing on falling asleep. The back door with the curtains open was directly across from us in the living room so we could clearly see that nothing was there. About 20 minutes the little girl comes running through the living room very distraught asking my boyfriend who the man was that was knocking on the door. We both were kind of puzzled and we couldn't see anything there. She crawled up on the couch and stared at the window. She just kept saying, the man at the door that's knocking, the man. He tried to contain his emotions, and he told her that nothing was there to go back to bed, but we knew that she had saw something. Before in the past, his kids have seen things on the farm. We assume that it's his grandfather. Uh, One morning when it was really dark, his son saw someone standing on a flat car trailer that was parked at the edge of the yard but he couldn't see anything anyways uh that's that's my story um the great part of it is i'm moving into that house in about a month so i'm sure i'll be calling back with more creepy stories i absolutely love your show and i listen every day at work thank you for bringing us all together uh, like a community thanks bye
2: Thank you for your call. And I do want to hear more stories about the house that you're moving into because it sounds like there's some stuff going on.
0: How would you have handled it when we were first dating and when you moved in with me if I had a haunted house? Would you have been like eager to move in or would you have, how, how would you have done?
2: Well, I think I probably would have been over enough to have gotten a feel on how it affected me and yeah in your house, you know? Um, if it wasn't
0: malevolent, it would have been an okay thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, if it was just like an extra person kind of ghost, you know, not trying to really do bad things, but just there every once in a while, I I would have endured that for you, yes.
0: You would have endured a haunting?
2: For you, yes.
0: What if it was like Amityville?
2: Then I would have tried to talk you into moving into my apartment.
0: Flies?
2: no. I would have still wanted to be with you, but not in that house.
0: I really, because uh, th- that house, my first house that I had, I, I built, and I really did want to do like the Amityville windows somewhere.
2: I'm so glad you didn't. It
0: made no sense.
2: It would have been so hard to have sold it.
0: <laughs> it would have made no sense whatsoever because it was it was not a house like that. No. <laughs> but I just thought it would have been kind of fun and cool. It would
2: have been really out of place on a ranch style. Completely. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, yes. See, I wasn't thinking of things like resale when, uh, when I got that house. You know, common sense things. It just, I don't know.
2: It was your first house.
0: Exactly. So, there you go. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories online. Here's another letter. It says, I was uh, homeless at the time, being extremely desperate. I found a disgusting room with a bed in it. The smell was manageable, and I knew I could survive here. The rest of the abandoned apartments in this flat were being used. And then a question uh, did pop into my mind as to why this abandoned room wasn't being used. The other clear observation I had made was the obvious letters scribbled all over the walls of this room. I figured it was a drug addict who had no idea what he was doing and started writing random alphabets all over the walls. I decided to rest, be grateful I had found a quiet room to myself. I was contemplating life. I uh, wanted out of this sort of living, but the economic crash had sucked the life out of many people. Then I noticed a ceiling fan with only one paddle attached to it. The rest were probably stolen. The ceiling fan was obviously broken, and so it came to my surprise when it started moving on its own. Circling with one paddle attached to it, with no source of electricity powering it. I didn't mind at first. It was a hot day, and the ceiling fan was cooling the air. Then it started to get annoying when it would circle the other direction and then back the other direction. It began to even stop and then carry on circling in different directions. I had no idea what was going on. Then it hit me. The ceiling fan with one paddle attached to it was more of a Ouija board. and was pointing to a letter on the wall. It was trying to spell out something. Found a paper, a pencil, surprisingly in this room under the mattress... The first sentence I had written down from the moving ceiling fan was, Who are you? I replied, talking to the air, I'm John and I'm homeless. The ceiling fan then started rotating again, stopping and going again. This time, the message I wrote down was, I am also homeless. Life is unfair, isn't it? I replied to the air, yes, it is unfair. Then the ceiling fan started rotating again, landing on a letter. I wrote down its message, and this time it said, I was abandoned as a child and had to survive on my own ever since. And I replied, talking to the air, saying, That's terrible. I'm so very sorry. In my own head, I actually thought I had made a friend from beyond the grave. I was conversating with this ghost for hours, and at times I get very weird and extremely random messages like, women taste good or I like hell it's a fun place Satan lets me play with the burning I would have no idea what to say at all inside of me I knew my instincts were telling me to run out of this room but I just couldn't kept telling myself I was good I'd reply into the air to this entity with things like so you met Satan and how come you're in hell the ceiling fan would start rotating again, stopping on a word. The message I'd written down was, I've always dreamed of going to hell, and I want I want to suffer. Ha 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 ha. This entity was becoming random and erratic. I started to eventually feel a little threatened by its presence, and I needed a way to get out. I thought to myself that if I just ran out, it might do something to me because of me rushing and causing a scene. I wanted to be subtle and quiet. The ceiling fan then started rotating again, and the message I had written down made me gulp deep as I wrote it. I want to eat. To eat. And it stopped there, and I replied in the air, What do you want to eat? And the one paddle attached to the ceiling fan being used as a pointer by the entity physically bent down on its own. It was pointing towards me. Increasingly scared and worried, I replied in the air to this entity. Why me? Are you a cannibal? The entity's message I'd written down was, How do you think I survive being homeless in life? And after that comment, I got up and started rubbing off the alphabet from the wall. The ceiling fan started to shake as it had no words to point to with its one paddle attached to the ceiling fan. I ran out. I slept outside on a park bench. And the very next day, I checked out the room. All the words I'd rubbed out had come back again. I never did go back in that room again. I also understood why the room was abandoned in the first place.
2: I think that's one for the ultimate Ouija awareness.
0: That is Ultimate Ouija Awareness. Yes. That's one hell of a story.
2: It really is.
0: Um, I'm not here to judge what's real and what's not. Uh, it was one hell of a story. I don't know if if I personally believe that one or not. It's because it is one hell of a story. It's a great story. Yeah. I could see that popping up in movies. Yeah. Uh, that is a very good story. Um, I could see... Here's the logical where... I would go on that one. Were you on anything at the time? (laughs) (laughs) That's my question. Um, Because some of the stuff that occurred in there sound fairly reminiscent of someone who may have been on some sort of uh, drug. Um, If it did happen, holy shit, that's pretty messed up. Yeah. uh, And very, very disturbing. Um, The concept in itself of the fan going around and pointing at letters... I think fairly original, unless someone points out that this is a stolen concept from some other place. I'd never heard of this one before. Me neither. Um, But uh, overall, very good story. Um, Again, I'm not going to judge it either way. My personal opinion is one thing. Your personal opinion is another out there. Uh, But either way, uh, good ghost story.
2: You found it it interesting. I'm sorry. You found it entertaining.
0: Yeah, very much so.
2: That's all that really matters, exactly. right? I
0: exactly. Mean, well, I mean, we want real ghost stories, and, and and it could be a real ghost story, right? And, and they and whoever wrote it, you know, portrayed it as a real ghost story, and you know, I, I so totally passes. Okay. Totally passes. I think. Uh, that was a good story. I like it. I'm not going to forget that one. That's yeah. going to be one where I can go, oh, yeah, I know the details of that one. <laughs> so thank you for writing, and we really, really do appreciate it. And if you have more info on it, you'd like to write it and follow up further, that would be wonderful. Uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call into the show here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, John writes in, hello, love the show. On a recent episode, you mentioned you were wondering how often people go around performing satanic rituals. My answer to this would be, unfortunately, too often. I live in Central Massachusetts, and in the fall, it becomes a very lovely place with the trees taking on their autumn colors in the quiet hilltop town of uh, this is Leicester, Leicester, L I or L E I C E S T E R.
2: I think so. Leicester, yeah.
0: Leicester, Massachusetts is an old Quaker cemetery nestled in the woods, known by locals as Spider Gates. The name may seem nefarious, but it's just due to the design of the wrought iron fences leading into the cemetery. The cemetery has plenty of urban legends. There are seven gates to hell there. A man hung himself from a tree. A girl went missing. Uh, The usual urban tales. the center of the cemetery is a raised bit of land with a flat, recessed stone, perhaps only a grave, but now known as the Devil's Pulpit. On a trip to the cemetery with a friend, we spent some time tossing empty beer cans from uh, disrespectful youths out of the grounds, thinking I saw some trash on the Devil's Pulpit. I would pick it up to my dismay. There were white, unscented wax candles on the four corners of the recessed stone, people uh, meddling in things. They should not, I thought to myself, on a friend's plea, who is well, well-known paranormal researcher, but his name will be withheld. We were asked to participate in a nationwide experiment during a lunar eclipse a few years ago. We went to an alleged haunted area. I and a friend parked our car just outside the path leading to Spider Gates due to, the venturing, due to venturing into that cemetery after dusk is illegal. When the moon became eclipsed, coyotes began to howl as if celebrating a kill. Interesting, but not paranormal. We began to hold an EVP session with the car off, electrical devices off, etc. We began to call out and ask questions. While we were conducting the session, we heard footfalls in the snow. They sounded clearly human. One foot, then another, then a pause. One foot, then another, then a pause. Nothing else seemed out of place until the next day when I was listening back to the recording. During the session, I asked if the spirit believed to be a haunting Spider-Gates was human. There was a disturbance in the background audio. I plugged the audio into the audio editing software, took a sample of background noise from the beginning of the clip, and used to remove all the noise from the clip. There was still a noticeable audio discrepancy after I asked the question. Amplifying the audio, the response was clear. No, I'm not. To me, there are three types of haunting. Energy... This can be burnt into a location. An example being a figure seen walking the same hall often, but no shadows, no intelligence. A human spirit can be showing intelligence and demonic. Energy would not respond. So if it is not human, it leads me to believe people trying to get their kicks have welcomed something that does not belong in a peaceful cemetery.
2: I think that's interesting that the entity tried to identify itself as demonic
0: yeah i mean sometimes they just come right out and say that sometimes it's like i'm a little girl look i like ponies and rainbows and eating your skin you know things like that yeah Uh, or you know uh, yeah interesting it is maybe you just wanted to cut to the chase he was sick of the bullshit (laughs)
2: Yeah, here, here's the deal. I'm a demon, Look, just saying.
0: I'm going to totally ruin your life and fuck with you, so let's just get on with it, okay? Let's start the conversation. I can follow you home and eat your cat. So. <laughs> <laughs> just very right to the point.
2: <laughs> That's good.
0: So, there you go. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's a number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show... Maybe you're a new listener this month. You found out looking for something spooky. We do this show year-round, okay, every single week. So don't feel like, oh, you only get this at Halloween. No, it's a year-round show. Uh, If you like the show, you listen frequently, consider supporting the show. We ask 5 bucks a month. We give you a bonus episode every single week. That equates to 52 extra episodes a year just for our EPPs who are supporting the show. Uh, you can also do a, a one-year donation right there at a time where it's 60 bucks, and so then you're in for the year. You get all those episodes sent uh, to you uh, as we release them throughout the year. So not a bad deal. A little extra thank you, and you keep our show alive. That's that's what it's all about. So we appreciate you guys, essentially. It's like a crowdfunded show is, is really what it is. So we thank you so much for helping keep this show a going because we love doing it for you. Let's go to another caller at eight five five eight five three forty eight
4: zero two. Hi, hey guys, my name's Andrew. I'm calling from Montreal, Quebec. First of all, I'm a huge fan of the show. I first started listening about four months ago, and I've been hooked. Uh, I think I've caught up to almost everything that you guys have ever recorded. Been on the YouTube channels. You guys are doing a great job, so it's fantastic. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Um, I have a story that I haven't told many people. Um, Uh, Just listening to the show itself has given me the courage to actually speak up about it uh, just from hearing what other people have had the courage to actually do and talk about it on the air, and um, I decided I'm going to let you guys know uh, the one and only time that something has happened to me, Supernatural. Um, I first moved out when I was 17 years old. I was living on my own with an elderly lady. It was in a duplex, so she lived in the bottom half of the duplex. and I lived upstairs. She was 80 years old, um, a friend of a friend of the family type of thing. Uh, she was 80 years old but she had so much energy and she was amazing to be around and I really just fell in love with her from the first day I met her before I actually moved in with her just because for an 80 year old she acted like she was 60 and it was great. She would just walk everywhere, do her own groceries and you know, so active and so full of life. Um, so when the opportunity came for me to move out, and I moved in with her, I was incredibly happy. I thought it was going to be really cool. Even though I had my own place and whatnot, I thought uh, you know I'd be able to help her out with groceries and everything. So uh, I moved in there, and for the first you know three four months, everything was perfect things was going well. I wouldn't see her very much. Uh, I would see her in passing as I'm going out to work. I was pretty active at the time too, doing a lot of jogging, exercising, a lot more than I'm doing now. But uh, I was pretty active and um, you know, a lot of work, a lot of long hours. um, And then I'd get home and go out jogging, go out biking, whatnot, keep myself active. Uh, After about four months, uh, I started coming home from work around 6 p.m., And I would be exhausted, just like completely exhausted from the time I stepped in the front door. Uh, It was like the time I stepped into my apartment, I was just like, oh, my God, I'm completely tired. And I would just sit on the couch, turn on the TV, and I would pass out, completely out until the next morning. I wouldn't even make it to my bed. My alarm clock on my phone would go off, and I would wake up at about, you know, seven in the morning and I'd be like what happened last night I didn't even eat supper you know I'd wake up super hungry and just tired still even though I just passed out for about 12 hours but I'm still just exhausted and this went on for about a month and um, I started to tell a friend about it at work he was another guy um, that I had known for a long time And just a little background, we're all from the West Indies, so technically I'm from, my parents are from Guyana, which is in South America, but it's part of the Caribbean, so it's part of the West Indies. Uh, The lady I'm living with, she's from Trinidad, which is also part of the Caribbean and the West Indies, and this guy I used to work with, he's also from Trinidad, which is also from the West Indies. So I started telling him about it, he's just like, he was really into supernatural stuff and whatnot but he was just at that point we were just like you you know he's bringing me to the pharmacy and tell me get some vitamins and you know all that stuff so that's what I was doing just trying to eat healthier get some vitamins wasn't helping um two more months went by and the same thing was happening to me I would just pass out every single night sometimes I would have plans with friends on a Friday night and I wouldn't even make it out I would just get home thinking I'm going to change, but as soon as I step in the front door, I would literally just want to just sit on the couch. The couch just drew me towards it, and I just wanted to sit on the couch, turn on the TV, and before i knew it i was out as much as i tried to stay awake i tried coffee tried green tea i tried to eat a few times before i sat on the couch didn't really work very well because i would wake up the next morning about 12 13 hours later and i'd have that same plate of food just sitting right in front of me maybe having two bites taken out of it um so i thought this was getting really really strange and uh I, I wanted to go to a doctor to get this checked out. So I told my friend at work about this. And I'm like, I'm going to go to the doctor, man. I'm going to take like half a day off and go to the doctor. And he's like, yeah, that's that's a good idea because something's definitely wrong, you know. So we were loading boxes. My job was working in a stockroom at the time. And we were loading boxes onto a higher shelf. And I was reaching up, really reaching to hand him a box. And then he's like, well, what the hell is that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, that's right under your arm, on your armpit. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? So I looked, and it was kind of hard to see in the light. So I'm like, I don't really see much. It just it looks like my skin. He's like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's go to the bathroom. So he went to the bathroom where the light was really bright. And uh, he's like, lift up your arm. Check out this. And I lifted up my arm, and there was something in the form right next to my armpit, under my arm, It was in the form of two lips. It looked like a bite mark, but there wasn't any puncture wounds. But it was perfectly formed as if there was a top lip and a bottom lip. And it was all black and blue. And it doesn't hurt if I touched it. It didn't itch or anything, but it was there. And I was completely freaked out. I was like, what? hell is that and it doesn't look like anything that could have been like you know a bug or whatnot it looks like a perfectly formed human top lip and a human bottom lip so I was just kind of like what is that maybe I hit my arm somewhere and this just happened and my friend's face just completely went white, and he he, he just completely started to tell me the story which brought back so many memories of stuff that my grandfather um, both of my grandfathers uh, used to tell me when they were still alive, but he was telling me the story about uh, this old folklore that they had going on back in the West Indies in Trinidad and Guyana back in the day. About uh, In Guyana they used to call it a fire ass, in Trinidad they used to call it a sukunya. Basically, the story is about an older person um, who lives off of the life force of younger, active people to keep themselves going and keep themselves active. And the story is based on at nighttime, they perform a ritual, and then they basically shed their skin and turn into either... It differs between all the countries, um, even Jamaica has one as well, a story based on the same thing, but differs in between they actually become invisible or they become a ball of light and they find their target, uh, which they've usually scoped out from before, and what they do is they, when the person's sleeping, they suck the life force out of that person to keep themselves healthy and young. Um, in North American terms, I guess... Well, not that, I guess. Uh, It's actually very close to what a succubus would be. Uh, It's almost exactly the same. So when he started telling me this uh, story and what the bite mark looks like, uh, it completely freaked me out because it brought back all these memories, these stories I used to hear when I was a kid, and I was a huge fan of my grandfathers telling me these old paranormal stories and folk tales and whatnot. So I started to get really freaked out. So him being the... Quotations, paranormal expert <laughs> that he was. He uh, came back home with me that day and he started to light incense all over my home. Um, he told me to, you know, uh, we went out to the grocery store, we got a bunch of lemons, juiced them all. And uh, he's like, you have to clean everything in your home, well, almost everything, mostly the floors and just like, you know, bed and whatnot with like lemon water uh, and just keep it that way. And keep lighting incense every night. Apparently, incense drives them off. They don't like the smell. They don't like any strong smells. So, like lemon water, incense, things like that will keep them away. So, I started doing that um, for the first three or four days, and I noticed uh, that things started to feel better. Like, I would get home and I wouldn't want to just sit on the couch and I wouldn't want to just watch TV, I just actually had the energy to actually do my dishes and do my laundry and then I was still able to go out and things started to feel better, which was really cool. So I was kind of passing it off, like maybe this is all in my head, Um, you know, I, I was still thinking, I wasn't really a believer, I was always interested in these types of stories, I just wasn't always a believer because I've never seen anything, nothing's ever happened to me. But one day, while I was cleaning up and I was vacuuming, uh, I got to my couch and I'm like, you know what, I haven't vacuumed under here in a few months, so let's just move the couch and I'm going to start vacuuming. Under the couch, I found a piece of tin foil that was all wrapped up and it looked burnt. Um, just like, uh, I didn't put that there. <laughs> um, what the heck is that? I... Took the piece of tinfoil and wrapped it really gently and inside it looked like the remains of burnt stuff. I can't tell you exactly what it looked like but it looked like burnt flowers, burnt spices. It smelled horrible when I opened it up and uh, I was I was just like what the hell is this. I just literally went outside threw it out into the nearest trash can and went back upstairs uh, and just kept on trying to figure out how that would have gotten there. Another few weeks passed by and everything was okay. I started to feel really good and everything was well. And I was talking to my friend about it and I told him about the piece of tinfoil that I found and something clicked in my head. And I remembered that just before all of this started happening to me and before I started feeling tired and all of that, The old lady from downstairs had asked me for the keys for my apartment because she had somebody coming in who was going to be working on the pipes. So without thinking twice, I just gave her the keys for the day. Not thinking twice that she may have come up and put something under the couch. It's just too weird for me to think that it was the couch that I was drawn to, the couch that I would pass out on. and where things may have happened Uh, Yeah, so that's my story it's weird Um, not a lot of people I've told it to other than my friend who did help me to clean the apartment and to try and rid this of happening again Uh, there's about three other people I've told and they've all thought I was just crazy I've decided to let the world know and perhaps somebody out there has the same type of issue or has had the same type of issue and maybe this could help them as well. Needless to say, I did move out. Uh, I gave my one month notice. <laughs> I was out.
0: I don't know that I'd do a whole one month.
2: No, I think I'd be done. The life-sucking old lady can just deal.
0: The what? The life-sucking old lady? Yeah. There's <laughs> a sentence you never thought you'd have to say out loud.
2: No. Here, have some
0: butter cookies. We can watch some reruns of Killigan's Island together and... Yeah, just let me suck all the energy out of you.
3: He
2: just just goes to show you sometimes you just can't guess what they're what people are up to. Not just old people, but anybody.
0: I don't trust any old people at all. I think they're all trying to do this sort of thing. I'm yeah. very, I like if I volunteer or anything like at a retirement home or something. I'm like I walk around the crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, get away from me, old person. I'm kidding. No, I don't. that's really messed up i mean that really would be like the the last person it's one of those things where you have the there's a joke of like old people can get away with almost anything like just because people look at them go oh they're so old and frail and there actually is high um rates of uh people or older people uh stealing things and theft did you know that very high like as high as teenagers if not higher yeah because i mean it's interesting. I mean, there's some people get a thrill out of it, and but they're just they're like the least suspected of it.
2: But stealing life from a younger person—that's creepy. It is very creepy. It's pretty
0: messed up. Uh, although, if you had the uh, opportunity and you were old and you knew that that person's going to give you a little extra boost, a little bit more than your oil of Oile, uh, uh Age regenifying uh, serum.
2: Regenifying.
0: (laughs) I used your name in there.
2: That's awesome. That's that's great. (laughs) Whatever the hell it's called. I appreciate that. Would you? No. You wouldn't. uh, I wouldn't. Hey, can I just say life? (laughs) No, because then you become the witches on Hocus Pocus. That's essentially what you do.
0: Sarah Jessica Parker.
2: I'd be her. I wouldn't want to be the Bette Midler one.
0: Mary Jessica Parker is someone who hasn't, uh, she aged, uh, she she looks good, but the thing is, she she perpetually looks the same age and she looked older than she should have when she was younger. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's the way Excuse me. you probably want to be. I think you want to kind of, you know, hit that peak and then just maintain it. She like, looked
0: about 40 when she was like 28 yeah and now that she she's what is she now I don't know what she is
2: I don't know I don't know
0: but she looks good yeah. but but she's she just kind of stayed there so I guess yeah you got a point there yeah so uh, let's go to another uh, story. I got the coughs this evening. <clears throat> Maybe it's uh, some sort of entity not wanting me to tell the stories. Mike uh, writes in, "Hey guys, new listener, love the show. Will become an EPP as soon as I have income. Your program is exactly what I've been looking for. Thank you. I have many stories throughout my life, but I think one of my college days is fun to tell. For now, I was in a co-ed dorm and had my first roommate leave the school a few weeks in. I was blessed with what was dubbed a super with was what was dubbed a super single." Eventually, I rigged things by adding his mattress to my bed and taking a bed frame and propping it up to hold my stereo system. Eventually, I nabbed a couch from one of the lounges. It was excellent. Before that, shortly after my first roommate left, his bed remained empty opposite mine. For a week or so, I'd come back from class and find a piece of glass sitting in the middle of my floor. At first, it was a single large bluish chunk, and I was confused but brushed it off, came back again. And again, whether from class or from a meal, but every time, there was a piece of glass sitting dead center on the floor. It had begun to concern me, but what are you going to do? One day, I was hanging out with a friend, and I told her and her roommate about the incidents. My friend Renee was freaked out, but her roommate Jonah thought I was lying. We went down the hall to my room, and sure enough, there was a piece on the floor. Jonah accused me of planting the piece, I scoured the floor, found nothing, and left making sure the door was locked behind us. Back in their room, we waited an hour or so when Joanna suggested we go check again. we Went back, and sure enough, another piece sat in the middle of the floor. Joanna ran back to her room, screaming. Renee helped me scour the floor again, and we found some more pieces behind the back foot of my ex-roommate's bed. We discovered it to be Pieces of a broken glass pipe. Probably my old roommate's, but we never discovered how many pieces ended up in the middle of the floor. Supposedly, a girl had climbed onto the third floor balcony of the adjacent building, shot herself in the face, and fell to her death. I don't think it was related, but there was a history of unusual things. This was UC Santa Cruz, by the way, and my favorite part was the next day I showed up to my room to find a Blair Witch-style stick Thing hanging off my door. Thank you, Renee. I still have it. These fifteen years later, many more stories. If you're interested, and thank you for the incredible opportunity, Mike.
2: Okay, so I don't think the girl that shot herself really has anything to do with the glass in his apartment, but that's uh-huh. or his dorm. But that's still really strange that that kept showing up. So something's going on in that dorm.
0: Want to hear my theory? Sure. Ghost bullet.
2: Ghost bullet.
0: Okay, here. Girl shot herself, the adjacent building. Bullet goes through the window of his dorm. Uh-huh. Okay. And destroyed whatever was in there. The energy. And the bullet or the energy continues to go through that room and shatter things. And that's what's called I don't know. That's where I was thinking.
2: Okay. I mean it's somewhat logical, it's but it's kinda the, like a residual Yeah. Thing.
0: But the thing is you'd have to they weren't attributing it to, like, broken things every time, you know, they were in. There was, like, a new shattered vase or vase or whatever, um you know, all over the floor every time they went in. It was just a random piece of glass. Okay. So, but I don't know. That, that's how I would connect the two if the two are remotely connected.
2: Yeah. There you go. Okay. I don't think
0: it's that crazy.
2: No, it's not. No. I just never would have thought of that.
0: So, I don't know. Good story. Then, nonetheless, we would like to hear more stories if you got them. 855-853-4802. That is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. You can call in seven days a week, 24 hours a day. That's where you tell us your ghost stories. And we play them back here on the show. Of course, you can always write in as well at realghoststoriesonline.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show, whatever platform you're listening to us on You don't miss any episodes, then. We do the show as often as we can every single week here at Real Ghost Stories Online. So, uh, by subscribing, you get those shows sent directly to you. So, that ain't a bad thing. It helps us grow, and you get shows right there. Please become an EPP. Help support the show if uh, you are so inclined to have the funds to do so. And uh, would like to see the show live on and continue. That's uh, a big part of it right there, those EPPs. So, a lot of hard costs that go into the show and those help cover them 855-853-4802 is a no phone number to call into hopefully we hear your real ghost story on a future episode until next time for jenny bruski i'm tony bruski thanks for listening to real ghost stories online